You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 136. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today I have my friend, Dania Douglas-Hunt, on the podcast, and we are going to have a chat about something that I feel like a lot of us know we should be doing, but aren't actually doing, which, come to think of it, is like so many things in health and fitness, right? But specifically, Dania and I have a conversation around mobility, um, injury, overcoming injury, uh, all of those like unsexy things that have to do with, with fitness. And I wanted to bring Dania on because I get questions about recovery, mobility, uh, injury, like pain when you're squatting a lot. I get a lot of these questions. And while I feel like I can give an answer to them, I am by no means an expert in that. And so that's exactly why I'm bringing Dania onto the podcast because she is an expert in this. She has a background in athletic training and then also was an Olympic strength and conditioning coach. So she's worked with everyone from Olympians down to normal human beings like us and has a wide range of knowledge in terms of the science, uh, in terms of the anatomy behind strength, mobility, um, all of this, the, this work that we do to be able to improve our performance. And so that's what I wanted to bring Dania on to talk about today is, uh, you know, what do we, we talk about, what do we do when we have an injury? I know I have a lot of people who come to me who are like, I have I got injured or I'm going to have surgery and I'm not going to be able to be in the gym. Uh, stick around because at the very end of the podcast, Dania uh, shares her personal experience with an injury that she's been dealing with and kind of how she's dealt with that mentally as well as physically. We also cover mobility and how mobility is different, which this is something I did not know before this episode. Uh, mobility is different than uh, foam rolling and, and or stretching. Dania... Um, kind of defines both of those and they're in separate categories, which like I said, I didn't know that before I got on the call with Dania. So if you are somebody who moves your body at all during the day, then this podcast episode is going to be for you. It's not just for somebody who wants to have a, you know, a deep squat. It's not just for somebody who wants to lift a whole ton of weight. Mobility is for anybody who wants to age gracefully, who wants to be able to continue to perform those acts of daily living. Uh, there is going to be something in this podcast episode for you. So I can't wait to introduce you to my friend, Dania, and let's dive right into that interview. I am so excited to welcome Dania to the podcast. How are you doing, Dania? I'm so good. I always love having conversations with you, so I'm really pumped to be here. Thanks for yeah. having me. We've had a couple of conversations just 
in, in like life, like real life conversations, not podcast conversations. And every time we like get together, we kind of like riff back and forth and it's been so fun. And so the last time we were just like chatting, I was like, we need to get on the podcast and do this so that, so that people can kind of hear these conversations that we're having. So I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, and I, and I told my audience already in your introduction, but one of the things that I love to do is to bring on people who are experts in different things and maybe things that I'm not an expert in. And I think some of the conversations that we're going to have today are things that you are really an expert in and I'm excited for you to share about. So will you start with just telling us a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah, I love it. Um, so I'm Dania. I am a former Olympic athletic therapist and strength conditioning coach turned multi-passionate entrepreneur. Uh, and really what I'm focusing on now is helping the change makers of the world really show up and perform their best. So this is all things around habits, mindset, and business. Um, and I like to say slaying the invisible dragons because we all have them that hold us back from really showing up or pivoting or moving forward and growing and scaling. So those three things for me and those three pillars are important because they help create autonomy and choice and freedom in someone's life. And if I can help someone else who's behind the business show up as their best self, that creates the impact and income that they desire. So the ripple effect is, is good. Yeah. Awesome. So wait, how did you get into becoming a strength and conditioning coach? Like what was that journey for you? Yeah. I have always been a tomboy. I remember like when I was five, I was wearing basketball jerseys to school. I've always played sports. So sports and training was always very natural to me and I loved it. Um, and I just, I knew back then that that was going to be my continuation on of education. I just wanted to still be involved and work with athletes. And for me at the time, it was really around at the point of, do I go and play sports in college and university, or do I hunker down and do my career? And for me, it was like kind of old school mentality around like, just get to school, get to like, get your job kind of thing. So um, I went to school for athletic therapy because I knew I could still be working in and around sports. And at the time too, the invisible dragons I was slaying there was more physical. It was like physical limitations working with people who have injuries or knee pain or back pain and helping them get back into sport, doing the stuff that they love really, really lit me up. So I've always been around it. It's always just been a part of me and it was just a natural progression to continue on working with sport. That's so cool. And so with athletic training, athletic training is really like, like you said, the injury side of like the sports world. Um, And then what was that progression into like, can you, for someone who just maybe doesn't know, what is a strength and conditioning coach? Like, what does that actually look like? And how did you get into that? Yeah, so, so athletic therapy is, is focusing on injuries. So anything musculoskeletal, orthopedic, um, we really focus on working with athletes in a clinic uh, or on teams. We don't really work in hospitals per se, like a physio might, but um, we spend four years dedicated to that education, learning the anatomy, the physiology, the systems, everything around injuries. And then strength and conditioning is really knowing how to balance all the systems. Like how do you balance strength training, um, the, different, the different ranges in strength training, as well as conditioning. And so when you're working with Olympic athletes, you have to know everything because everything is affected. And athletes are working on you know, a four-year quadrennial. They're, they're prepping every four years for the next Olympic. And so you, know, you have to know how to break that down from four years into one year, into 12 months, into monthly, into weekly, into daily and know what to assess, what to monitor the data to really help that athlete perform their best without setting them up for injury or, um, yeah, essentially injury, right? So you're pushing the boundaries, you're working with all the systems, but you're doing it in a way where it's cohesive and making sure that everything, every box is ticked. That's awesome. And so 
I don't, I don't think there's any Olympic athletes who are probably listening to this podcast. If you, yeah, if yeah. you are, if you are an Olympic athlete, hey. Um, <laughs> but since most of the people who are listening to this podcast are like, yeah, I'm not an Olympic athlete. I'm just like a mom or a, a woman who like likes to go to just the, the mom. Hold on. That's like an athletic feat in itself. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Um, but not, but not looking to like, uh, you know, get to top level performance. So what mm. would you say you've worked with both, right? You've yeah. worked with everybody all of the way up to Olympic Olympians, all the way down to just you know, someone who's like trying to get back into the gym. What do you say? What would you say is the same, like some of the same philosophies that you would use for somebody who is an Olympic athlete and someone who is like, I just want to get back into the gym and like feel a little bit healthier. What are some of the, the things that you can take from the Olympic athlete and apply to just the general population? I love this. And Amber, you know, I find like whether it is athletes or business, like it's very similar principles. It's like, what do you want? Like really getting clear on what you want. What is your goal? Right doesn't matter who you are. What is your goal? And then from there, formulating a plan that's customized to you and what's going to work with your schedule and what you like to do and what you don't like to do. So it's really getting to know the individual and making sure like I'm not trying to fit someone in a cookie cutter format. Even, even the same two Olympic athletes aren't doing the same stuff. It's all customized and individual, right? So what I would say is similar philosophies or similar principles is um, if you have a goal, the way you're going to reach it is staying in the game, being consistent. So, you know, you and I could talk about habits or, you know, improving 1% every day, but really it's just, it's getting clear on what your outcome, what you want. And then from there, formulating a plan that you know you can stick to and that's going to work for you. And then also, no matter who you are, using that data, assess, like take some time to do a weekly review. Am I trending the direction I want to go or am I not? Is there certain things that aren't working or are working for me? And then adjusting. So I know on your podcast and we've talked about being that scientist, like take the emotion out of it, do it, do something, see what the data says, and then make an adjustment from there. So yeah, it doesn't matter what your goal is, whether you're just trying to walk two times a week or, you know, put on a little bit of muscle, they all come down to the same principles. What's your goal? Let's create a plan. Let's make that plan super stupid, simple, break it down for you. And as long as you're consistent, you take a second to pause and review it every once in a while, then that's great. Yes. And this is one of the reasons that Dania and I like, I love bringing other people on and having them share some of the same principles because it's not, it's not just me that keeps telling you guys this of like, gather data, be the scientist, remove the emotion, keep the end in mind, like reverse engineer the process, right? Like these like principles are like general principles that when you can take this, whether you're in the gym, whether you're in your nutrition, whether you're in your career, right? Like any of these places, we can take this, these principles and be able to, to, to do better and, and to perform better. So I get asked probably two questions that, um, I feel somewhat equipped to answer, but not like the expert. And that would be in, um, pain, right? So Mm. specifically like knee pain is a huge one, especially when it comes to squatting or it comes to lunging or just comes to like any exercise performance. And then the other one is mobility. So I would say like, those are two of the things that I get asked a lot. And I know I'm not an expert in, but I know you're an expert in. So let's start with, let's start with the pain and coming from an athletic trainer background. You know, this is a lot of what you guys, you guys um, deal with and help with. So for somebody who's listening who currently has, let's say, knee pain or back pain or shoulder pain, and that's currently limiting their ability to perform, their ability to, to like go and do the lifts that they want, what advice would you have for someone who's in that boat right now? I love this question. And rein me in if I go too deep. But um, So here's the thing. Pain's actually a good thing. 
pain, if we didn't have pain, we wouldn't know we're potentially doing damage. Like it's like putting your hand on this hot stove. If we didn't have those pain receptors, your hand would melt, right? So anytime someone has pain, I want you to stop and pay attention. What are you doing? Did you just try something new? Were you in an awkward position? Like through all of this, as I always say to anyone is like, be your own health advocate. So there's having knee pain, doing squats, being told never to deadlift again or squat again. I've heard all of it. And it drives me insane, but I also understand why. <laughs> yeah. It is, because here's the thing. If you love doing something and someone says you can't do it, I, I would go look for multiple opinions. I would go get different angles because um, I don't buy that. I just don't. I've seen enough evidence. I've worked with enough athletes. I've had people come back from laying on the ground in pain, not being able to move to back to lifting in three months. So it's, it's, you have to understand as a person, you have to be your own health advocate, but you have to be your own advocate for everything and take 100% responsibility. So number one, stop and pay attention. What's going on? Do you try something new? Did you, and here's the thing, most people like kind of know, but they ignore it, especially the athletes. They're like, oh, I'm kind of feeling something, but I'm just going to go for it anyways. And it's like, uh, maybe you should just have like listened before pushing the boundaries. Um, but the second thing is, if it's been bugging you a lot, like a lot, and it's starting to affect your biomechanics, your lifting, your everyday tasks, go get it assessed. Like, go get someone to look at it. Because unless something just happened right now where, like, I just punched you in the shoulder and there's an obvious mechanism, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. My shoulder now hurts. I just fell on it. Someone tackled me. Like, these things make sense. If there's not an, an obvious mechanism, um, it's always going to be multifactorial. And sidestep. Um, oftentimes when it's something chronic where there's no obvious mechanism, it's very rarely actually the site of symptoms where the problem is. And that can be like very frustrating for people because they're like, I've got back pain, so I'm just going to do back exercise. And I'm like, it's got nothing to do with your back. That's just where the breakdown in the chain's happening. We're going in rabbit holes, Amber. So reel me in if you need me to slow down. Keep going. Keep going. So the body works. It's all connected, right? And I want to use the metaphor of like working as a group project because I think everyone here, whether you have a team, you're in business or you're in school, can understand this feeling where you are paired up with someone to do a group project. And this person you're paired up with, let's call him Billy. Um, sorry if your name's Billy, it's nothing to do with you. But Billy slacks off and does nothing. And you have to do all the work. And you're doing the last minute things, you're just so frustrated, but you get the project done. Great. What happens if your boss, your business, or whatever, you're stuck with Billy now for the next five years? That frustration you would feel of having to work with someone who's not stepping up doing their job, you, you would feel that. You would evoke probably some frustration or anger. That's the same thing with your body. So every area of your body has a role to play. And when someone's not doing their job, whether it's restrictions of mobility, whether it's weakness, um, whether it's previous injury, et cetera, it's like that Billy. And other areas of your body have to make up for Billy not being able to do its job properly. And so what tends to happen when there's no obvious mechanism is we feel symptoms where that person's been doing most of the work for another area of your body. Does that make sense there? Yes. You know, I love a okay. good metaphor. So when we have things like pain and there's no obvious mechanism, I always say get it assessed. Why not? And if you are going to get it assessed, just some key points Whoever you're going to as a therapist should not just be looking at the area of pain. They need to be looking above and below the area. And so, yes, I teach people how to do this. We have the different mobility guide where you can start learning how to self-assess. Um, when we talk about mobility, real quick, because these going to tie together, um, every area of your body has a general role. And everyone's level of mobility is different. So I don't need the same mobility as a gymnast. Not what I need. 
but every body has a body that needs to be able to perform its basic functions. Whether your functions are, or your job requires you to be in sport, like a gymnast, or lifting, or just perform everyday tasks, everyone has a normal range, a normal baseline that's required. So to give some context, and this will help bring around the pain and mobility question, um, let's look at the themes of the body really quick. Our neck is meant to be fairly stable. Our upper back is meant to be fairly mobile, meaning lots of range of motion. Right here, right now, as I'm going through this list, ask yourself, do I have lots of range of motion on my upper back? Like, do you rotate in your day? Even if you're an avid athlete and you're a runner, do you actually spend time going to full rotation or are you just, you know, working on one plane? And this goes back to principles, you know, Amber, and you've taught on, is if you don't lose, if you don't use it, you lose it. So over time, how these compensations, how these pains can come up for us when it just seems like, oh my God, I just bent over and I picked up a pencil and now my back's thrown out. It's not that. It's the, it's the years of compensations being built up. It's the years of the billies, you know, not doing their job. It's the, it's the long game. So as I go down the list again, just to be back, your low back is meant to be pretty stable. Your hips, take a guess, meant to be pretty mobile. Right now, how many of you complain of tight hips, right? That, that area is meant to be very mobile. And if they're not, guess what? Someone else does work harder. Your knees meant to be very stable. Ankle very mobile. Your toes, mobile. So right now, as you're getting some awareness of the body, the different themes, right? You can start to identify in yourself, oh my gosh, my hips are meant to be mobile? They're so tight. Well, guess what? The area above and below that now is to work twice as hard for you. So if you've got knee issues or back issues, it might be coming from the hip, not even the knee or the back. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. A little bit. So when it comes to things like pain and mobility, all of us have a very, every human body has a natural range of motion and a general theme. And then you might need to work on improving that theme depending on if it's your sport or your requirement. And so whether you're an athlete, you know, um, who needs to squat heavy and have good, good biomechanics going full range of motion, if your ankle mobility is limited, well, guess what? You're going to put more stress on the knee. You're probably going to dump. You're going to have a different, you're not going to be as strong and efficient as you could be had you open up the ankle range of motion to allow the natural flow of the body. But if you're even not an athlete, here's some questions. Can you get up and down off the ground with ease? like without any support. If you can't, that's mobility, right? So whether you have an athletic goal or you are working on performance or not, mobility is required for everything. Longevity, daily function. Um, for me, you know, I'm not competing in sport anymore, but I want to be able to be as, as active and mobile as I can into my late years. But that starts today. So if I want to be able to get out of my chair with ease, get off the ground with ease, I need to do stuff today to help facilitate that. That's so good. From rabbit holes. But we can jam on more about like maybe why people don't want to do mobility or you let me know. Yeah. So that's what came up for me is like when we think about athletes and I'm an athlete, you're an athlete, people who are listening, I'm using athlete in a very broad term. We often know that we should do mobility, but we don't. Why? Why don't we do it? <laughs> I love this question. I'm going to kind of start with a little bit of a jab. And this is meant with love. Um, I will say... All serious and smart athletes understand this and do this. Not to be a slap in the face, but I like let's it. be real. Like if you call yourself an athlete and you know the importance of it, then it's just a choice from that. You're, just in, you're in the habit of not doing it and it's easy to, you know, everything's a habit. But let's dig into maybe why, right? Like what are some reasons why someone doesn't do it? So they know it's important, but maybe they don't see how it translates to their actual lifting, 
anyone who's, who's like taking time out of their day, their busy day, managing kids or business, whatever, they don't have a lot of time. So if you're telling someone, oh, just do mobility because it's good for you, and you don't see the translation to actually how it's going to help in your daily life or your lifting or your PRs, of course you're not going to do it. Why? We don't got time for it. So it's understanding, do you understand the value of it? <clears throat> do you understand how it translates to your everyday task? Do you understand how that um, increasing ankle mobility is going to actually help you squat better? And if squatting better and getting stronger and heavier and being more efficient is important to you, then you're going to be like, oh, I see the value and I can make that connection. Um, going back to the adult example, getting off the ground with ease and getting out of a chair. If you can't do your everyday functions with ease, but now you understand, oh, mobility can help me with that, great. The other thing, too, is to keep in mind is once you have it, it's so easy to maintain, like so easy to maintain with anything. It's so much harder to start from scratch to backtrack all the years of not doing it um, than it is to just do a couple minutes every day. So there's value. Um, other times it's random. People just know they need to do it. It's this, it's this famous whatever word, uh, this hot word, but then they just do general stuff and it doesn't make any improvement and they're just wasting your time. So then you need to go look at, okay, what can help me make it more specific to me? Can I do like the mobility program? Can I go get an assessed? Um, so our athletes that I worked with, they did this every day, but it wasn't, it was targeted. It was focusing on what areas do I know in my chain of my body, in the themes of my body that are holding me back from my full potential. So maybe it's hips or upper back or wrist mobility, whatever it is. They're not doing everything all the time. They're focusing on their main essential drills before they lift and then that's it. Then they might have a full day after of recovery because it's nice, but it's also making sure it's not just general, it's specific to you and what you actually need, not just this waste of time thing. Yeah, um, and I think that's where I get caught up is like, do I need to do all of the mobility? Like, are we working on like neck and hip and back and elbow and like, and it just feels like, yeah. like, do I have to do mobility on every single part of my body? Yeah, <laughs> so every hearing, single part, every day. What no. I'm hearing is no, like what we're looking for is like, where are the breakdowns in you yeah. and how can we implement mobility exercises? Because I think also we've been using this word mobility, like what does that even mean, right? Because it can mean a ton yeah. of different, a ton of different things <laughs> and different exercises. So yeah. if someone's like me and they're like, yeah, I probably should do more mobility work. I don't really do any, uh, but I don't really even know where to start. Like, yeah. what does that look like? Yeah. Well, I would first look at, I know you lift, right? So I'll ask that. And if you don't lift, just ask the same question. What in your day-to-day -day or your lifting is limited or frustrating to you? Like, you know, you're going to know if you're lifter. Can I tell Sorry? you one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have medial malleolus pain. Okay. So like golfer's elbow on both elbows. Yeah. And I've had it yeah. for like a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, it's been something I've just like chronically have, it gets a little better, better, and then it gets worse and then it gets a little better. Yeah, totally. And now <laughs> I would look at, so if you have pain at the elbow, now knowing what you know of the themes of the body, where potentially would you focus on? Would you focus on just the elbow or potentially would you look at the wrist and the shoulder? Right. So that, that was why my extrapolation from what you were talking about is like, yeah. okay, so what's below and above it, like the joints below and above it is the wrist and the shoulder. Totally. So just starting I'm there. Thinking. Honestly, okay. just starting there is such a good start. Um, because oftentimes, like I said, unless there's trauma. So, and Amber, you're going to notice too, it always depends. And everyone hates this answer, but I'm like, it does depend. It depends on what you do. Are you spending hours of your day on a computer and more so than before, yeah. your body's going to adapt to that <laughs> stimulus. Are you doing more heavy grip strength stuff, deadlifting, more cleans? That's requiring your forearms to flex and stuff. So 
it, it as an awareness of what's been changed in this last, remember my last routine, the last couple of months. Oh yeah, I've jacked up my volume on my training. I'm now spending way more time on my computer. So you can start pointing together clues of why might this area of my body be, you know, a little bit pissed off. Um, and so you can look at that, right? Because as you look at training, if you do things too much too soon, changing all the variables, there's going to be a breakdown or injury at some point. Um, but if it's not those factors, then it's like, okay, where can I start? Just look above and below the area and see if working on improving that range of motion. Does it have the necessary range of motion I need without cheating? A lot of people cheat when they do mobility. Um, if not, then start there. That's the easiest thing to do. Um, and so, and then also can be a strategy. How do you work it into your lifting? So I said in the beginning, when we work with athletes, they do targeted mobility in the beginning, like five, 10 minutes tops, max, right? And then during their lifts, if it's a strength day, you can actually work your mobility into your rest period. Like just get smart about it. Don't, you don't have to take all this time outside of your day, outside of your schedule to do this another thing. Fit it into your day. I'm not joking you. I do mobility randomly throughout the day. I'm standing at my desk. I'll get down, do some cat camels, um, whatever. It's a spine drill. <laughs> I'll wake up. I'll do some movement. But it's again, it's being your own health advocate and recognizing being aware of yourself and starting to notice how can I fit this into my day versus taking up more time away from my day. And so, so sometimes it can just be some simple like fix like that. Here's the thing, though. Um, the b- body's multiplanar, right? So someone can be like, Dania, but I run. And great. So you have great conditioning and you're a runner. Um, but the body requires multiple planes of motion, right? We've got rotation. We've got side bending. We've got forward and backwards bending. And so for, if you look at yourself and what you're doing for training, even though you might be super fit and healthy, you're still probably not using the range of the motion the body needs, right? So how often do you get into a deep squat, and if you don't do it very often, well, that's something you need to be aware of adding into your routine in terms of like mobility. So you can look at, what do I do for training? So Amber, I know you lift. You, do, you already do a lot of mobility in your training, right? Yeah. And this comes back to, it's way easier to maintain than to build back up. And always recognize that too. Anything is about a journey. Anything's gonna require work. But once you have that range or you have what you need, it's so much easier to maintain. So for me, I don't spend a lot of time on hip, ankle, knee mobility. Why? Because I can go ass to grass squat, no problem. So as long as I do that every once in a while, whether it's in my training or I just sit in it sometime in my day, like a couple times a week, I'm going to maintain those ranges of motion, right? But for someone like me as well, my upper back is stiff and restricted. So I would need to spend more time in my upper back doing some of those drills. But in order to maintain other ranges of motion, it takes way less work because I already do that in my day in my training. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Cool. Um, and I think it's such a, it almost like makes me breathe a sigh of relief just hearing yeah. you say that you don't have to like do mobility on like every single joint of your body every single no. day. <laughs> it, like, it's like, oh, okay. Like maybe in hearing you say like you can fit it in during the day, you can fit it in during your rest period. It just makes it so much more doable and less of a daunting task. Yeah. So if, if someone's like, okay, you know, I'm listening to you talk, Danielle, and I'm kind of identifying here, like some places that I feel tight or some places that I'm like suffering with an injury. What is the best way for someone to be like, for me? So I'm like, I actually do a lot of like stretching with my wrists and stuff because I do find that helps mm-hmm. my elbow. Um, but I don't do anything yeah. in terms of shoulder mobility. So my, my next thing is like, well, what can I do in terms of shoulder mobility? So now where do I go? Like, how do I figure out like totally. what exercises to actually be doing for your hips, for your knees, for your shoulder, like for all these body parts? Yeah, I totally get this. So 
This is part of why, like, I love talking this because it all relates back to performance. Whether, again, you're in your business, your athletic career, whatever it might be, it's everyone still has to perform their best. Everyone wants to move and feel their best, right? So whether you're dealing with injury, whether you're dealing with um, just wanting to be better, move better, um, this is something I've created, like a simple resource to help you on your own self-assess and self-identify and give you main drills. Whether you want that or not, that's great. Otherwise, just start looking up. So as a side note, when we're doing something, so this might answer some frustration questions for people being like, but I stretch and I do these things. So mobility, let's even define what that is. It's your ability to control your full range of motion, the joint and the soft tissue with control through its full range of motion, okay? Flexibility stretching is about lengthening the muscle. So there's no stability component in there. It's important, however, what happens when we increase the range of motion we need to be able to teach our brain now how to control that range of motion. So if in your day, all you're doing is stretching or foam rolling, that's mm-hmm. nice recovery, but it's also not teaching your brain how to now control that new range you just gave it. So oftentimes you're like, but I do all these things and I'm inconsistent. Um, I would ask yourself, are you actually doing mobility? And mobility is active. For some people, mobility is like a workout with the intention you put behind it, right? There's some form of contraction. There's some form of awareness and control with what you're doing. So first I'd ask you, Amber, is like, are you doing anything like active with your mobility? Are you just kind of stretching with your wrist and stretching your shoulders out and doing the, you know, dowel pass-throughs? They're great, but you might be missing an active component of it, which is now going to help support that new range of motion you're increasing. So first start there. And you're going to know this, Um, especially if you're dealing with pain or you're just like, I'm not making any progress. You're probably missing that component. Then I would look at um, cars, controlled articular rotations. You can YouTube shoulder cars, and it's just C.A.R.S. Um, this is going to help teach you how to put some intention, um, some activation as you're working on range of motion without cheating. And so YouTubing any exercise, hip cars, <laughs> knee cars, ankle cars will be greatly beneficial for you because it's going to teach you how to actually walk through how to do mobility and specific mobility that's going to encompass working on range of motion, working on flexibility and working on strength to support that new range of motion. That's good. And I really like that you clarified um, that mobility and like stretching and flexibility are different things because I think, and I'm, I would fall into this. Like, I feel like I've put that all under one umbrella, right? All of that Mm -hmm. is like foam rolling, stretching, like ankle rotating, whatever, that's all mobility. And what you're saying is like, no, those are different. Those are different Mm -hmm. things. And so while stretching may be beneficial, while foam rolling may be beneficial, it's not the same thing as mobility. Um, It's that active like range of motion. Um, Did you say that you have a free resource for people that we can link to? Yeah, I do. And um, I will will send that to you or they can DM me as well. But yeah, yeah, it's... We'll put it on the show notes. Um, so if you're interested in uh, Daniel's like self-assessment tool, um, we'll put it in the show notes and you guys can, we'll link that up so that you guys can get that. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you mentioned performance coaching and I, and I think that's such like a good segue because you call yourself a performance coach. You come from this like athletic training and, you know, um, strength and conditioning coach background and you've kind of morphed it into, into what? Like what would you say has been that progression for you um, and where your where your focus is now, and why why are you focusing there? Yeah, I love this question um, because I have pivoted, but it's still under the same umbrella. And I I don't like labels, Amber, but I also know some people like need to understand like what do you do? And so it's fun because you're like, well, what's a performance coach? Like, is it acting? Is it sport? Like, what are you talking about, right? So um, I really focus on the entrepreneur behind the business. 
I find athletes and entrepreneurs at the high level are very similar. Um, but it was through my own experience of coaching that I recognized that, look, I loved what I did. It, it was genuinely my dream job out of the gate. But then I started to realize I wanted some more autonomy. I wanted some more freedom and choice around my schedule, my income, who I worked with, how many people I could help. So what I really focus now on is just empowering, like I said, the change makers. So some people might not identify with that, but it's, it's really those entrepreneurs who have a huge heart, who are super smart um, and can help a lot of people. But they do, they get stuck in their own um, fears or they get stuck in these invisible dragons. Um, and so my performance coaching encompasses three things. Physical, because when you move and you feel good, you show up better. It includes, and so I wrap that under habits, right? Because everything is a habit. Um, mindset, everyone, that's a big buzzword, but it, it is really coming down to managing your thoughts and how to slay those invisible dragons, but to help support the business, right? So most of my clients, they know what to do. Like they, some of them are like type A, like I know I need to do this. I go 140 miles an hour, but then I just burn out or I'm super stressed out. And so they just need help and strategy around how to manage themselves so that they can show up as their best. And each client's a bit different. Sometimes it's more focused on the habits. Um, what this looks like, though, is I don't, I used to just do done for you programming. I used to just tell you, here it is, follow this plan, blah, blah. But then also I realized like people don't need that <laughs> or they like don't follow it, the people I typically work with. So I'm like, here's your customized plan. Like, why aren't you following this? And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And so then I got really fascinated with neuroscience. Um, psychology. And then when I applied for James Wedemer's coaching, as you are too, I'm like, oh, this is it. Like, I love this. And so um, for me, it's helping in a, in a holistic approach, perform performance, habits, mindset, and business. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and I think it's such, and we kind of talked about this before we hit record too, of like, it's such a natural transition into um, focusing on physical performance and taking yeah. those things that you learn in physical performance into other realms. And yeah. I talk about this a lot with my clients of like, yeah, I'm going to teach you health and fitness. You're going to come into my program. I'm going to teach you all about like macros and like fitness. And then you're going to take all of those principles, those like foundational principles, and you're going to apply them to your business or you're going to apply them to your relationships or you're going to apply them to your parenting or like whatever is taking them, applying them elsewhere. And so that's really kind of what you've done is taken these things you've learned as training professional athletes in the physical realm and taking those same principles and saying, Hey, let's see how we can help entrepreneurs to be able to be their best selves so that they can pour into other people, right? That's what totally. you're talking about with those like big hearted people. It's like, yeah. we always want to pour in other people, but we have to realize that like, we have to take care of our physicality and our mental space to be able to, to, to have that performance. Yeah, um, totally. And I, I, like, I love doing it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it's just a, such a natural transition. Um, mm -hmm. And I've loved seeing it in you. It's been fun. It's, it's, you know what, first, I don't know, it's been, it's also been scary because my whole identity was wrapped up in sport, right? And so I had a huge like identity crisis. I'm not joking, like I cried, I was like wailing, I'm like, what am I doing? But I just knew if I wanted to create change on a deeper level, this is the direction it was pulling me in. So you're right, like I can apply the same like skills from my Olympic athlete experience and pour it into business and entrepreneurs. So it, it's been super fun and I, I love it. And the fun thing is that side of you, the education and experience doesn't go away, right? So you and I can jam on mobility injuries any day. I still go to do that through other outlets, but it's just not my main focus on my page anymore. It's through other things that I can still do that. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. So awesome. So I'm curious, what are some of your current fitness goals? Do you have okay. any goals? 
Um, yeah, I would say, so I dislocated my shoulder, I don't know how many months ago. Um, and so it's, for me, it's getting back to lifting heavy. I like lifting. It's just, it's what I like to do. So um, I ate some humble pie yesterday by doing pull-ups. <laughs> it's not where I used to be and that's fine. It's just honoring where I'm at now, not letting my emotions be like, oh my God, you used to be able to do this. So it's just getting back in the gym, back in the barbell and consistently showing up. So um, I'm not gonna lie for a while when I got injured, I kind of was like self-pity and I was like this, now I can't do things I love to do. And I, let, I allowed myself to go there for a little bit, but then it's like getting back on that train of my habits. And because for me, I don't know about you, Amber, but it, it affects how I show up. It affects my focus, my mental clarity, my stress levels. I know the direct like implications it has on my business when I'm not doing the things I love to do or taking care of my body, right? So a little bit of a segue is like, most people who are like, I'm so tired, I'm not motivated. I'm always like, okay, when's the last time you ate or drank water or like moved your body? You know, like the basic stuff that most of us forget, especially as busy high-performing entrepreneurs who are managing kids and business. It's like, let's take care of the basics first. And so when, when I don't do that, I know how it directly affects my business and how I show up and also then my income and impact. Um, but long story short, my goal is just to get back to lifting heavy again for me, right? So um, I'm doing body weight pull-ups, which is a great place to start off with, but I like to add a bit of weight on, like, I like some muscles. So <laughs> that's, that's my focus. Yeah, that's so good. And I do want to, I want to piggyback off that. And this will be probably our last topic because I want to wrap up, but, um, injuries. I think this is like getting back after injury is something yeah. that a lot of people, I would say, if you are a lifter, you will probably at least be injured one time in your life. Like if you're lifting for 40 years, like there's going to be probably a time when yeah. you're, in, you're injured, you have to take some time off and then you have to go through that process of coming back. And totally. there is a lot of like mental stuff that happens when people aren't able to be in the gym, whether it's because of a surgery or because of an injury or whatever. So will you just kind of take a moment, and I know you had kind of dove into this a little bit, but just some of that, uh, what you see in terms of um, things that people should be thinking about, whether they're going into surgery and they're going to have to take some time off from the gym. I get that a lot. People really worried about that yeah. um, and losing all of their muscle mass um, or whether it's an injury and you're having to take some time with the gym. Can you just speak to that a little bit for those people who are, really? who are in that right now? Yeah. And look, I hear you. I get it. I've lived it. I've, I work with people who do it. And honestly, I would say, Amber, the hardest thing about injury is the mental side of it. It's not the recovery. It's like, follow this plan. Okay. It didn't work. Let's pivot here. Like that's the easy part. Um, the hard part is managing your thoughts and your mindset around it. Um, but I like for anyone who's in that boat, allow yourself to feel those feelings, like feel frustrated, feel like, you know, I have a lot of athletes who got injured right before Olympic trials. And it's like, that's gut wrenching. Like allow yourself to feel that it's, 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 if you bottle it up, it's just going to wreak havoc and make your recovery so much worse. But then also just recognize like most of us too have had one injury or a couple injuries. You always bounce back. You always come back, right? Maybe not in the same way, depending on what the injury is. Of course, I got to be careful what I say here, but um, it's just like, be kind to yourself in that period and also get the support you need. So I'm fortunate enough to know a lot about the body. There are certain things I couldn't do for myself. I had to have someone else manually help me with my shoulder in the acute phase. But after that, it was just like focusing on what I can do. Um, and really with anything, this might be kind of worms, but, um, there's so a lot of things you can do. So let's say I've injured my shoulder. What else can I do? Okay, real quick, research shows that if I, if you're able to and it doesn't cause you more pain, working out on the other side of my arm helps actually reduce the, the atrophy in my right side by like 80%. 
So you have a choice right now, feel your feelings, absolutely honor those, but then what else can I do, right? Can I work on my other arm? Great, that's gonna help you know, reduce atrophy. Can I dial in my nutrition with, with Amber's program, right? Can I do lower body? Can I do core? There's gonna be still so many things you still can do. It's just, are you looking for those? You might not be doing the same way you used to do. So let's say you're a runner now, you can't run. Can you bike? Can you go run in the pool? There's always something you can do. And I would also say that exercise is genuinely medicine. Um, when I work with athletes, they are surprised at how fast I'm trying to get them back to moving. Now that's a different topic around like, there's different types of moving, active, passive. There's different types of contraction, like isometric, concentric, eccentric, right? So listen to your body, use that pain as a guide, especially in injury. It's saying stop and pay attention. You're doing a bit too much for me right now, but use someone to help you get back to movement as soon as possible. Um, even after surgery, like there, you should be doing something whether it's active or passive or someone's helping manually move you to get you back to, um, sorry, that's my dog, get you back to your activity, right? The biggest thing I see people make as a mistake is they just rest. Resting is okay for the first couple of days, but after that, you should be, there's stuff you can do. And if you don't know how, reach out to someone. But it's going to be the movement, that retraining the body, that getting you back into those movement patterns is going to help you heal. Like it actually assists in healing process. So. Yeah, that's so important because for years, and this I relate it to the medical field, right? For years after surgeries, we just let people lie in bed, Ugh, like thinking yeah. that they were going to like recover better. And like people would stay in the hospital for weeks at a time, right? After yeah. a major surgery. And now we know because of research that the very first thing we as nurses do is get patients up, right? It's yeah. like you post-op, like the first thing we're doing is like trying to get you to sit at the side of the bed, trying to get you up out into a chair. Like that as a nurse, that's something that we know now facilitates the healing. It actually makes someone heal faster to actually yeah. get up and move. And I think I'm so glad that you brought this up as, as a final point is because when we have pain or when we have injuries, there is that um, desire sometimes to like baby it. Yeah. And sometimes that can be the worst thing that we can do. Now, I'm not saying totally. you should go in like to pain, right? Like Daniel yeah. said, pain needs pay attention. Like we don't go into that realm of pain, but just because you have pain when you do a full range squat doesn't mean that you can't do a half range squat without Absolutely. pain. Right. And yeah. so going up to that, that point where we can start to have those movement patterns, do what you can do pain-free because that will allow you to get to a full range squat sitting on your butt. Totally is never going to allow you to get to a full range squat. Yeah, so true. And like, like, I want you to think of you're actually assisting helping the tissue heal and realign, and you're helping prevent secondary complications, right? So as we stress a tissue, like we do any sort of contraction, you're helping the new tissue that's being laid down to align in the same way that muscle wants to operate and work. When we don't do anything, the muscle, the body's smart. It just starts throwing random crap down and patching it up. But unless you apply a little bit of stress to help align those tissues, you're going to have secondary complications, restrictions, you know, stuff you're going to have to deal with later on. So, yeah, if you listen to your body, of course. Um, and I just, like, I'll preface this with this. I did a video on this a little while ago, but the journey is never linear. Success in anything is never linear, right? You're going to, it would be silly to expect that everything just goes gung-ho, perfect, move forward. Anything business, fitness, pain recovery, you're going to have regressions. That's normal. You're going to have days where you're frustrated and in more pain. That's normal. Again, whatever you're at, stop and pay attention. But just understand is if the overall trend is moving forward, that's what matters most. 
But give yourself some grace and recognize you're going to have some bad days. You're going to have some off days. You're going to have some days where you're in pain. Then you're going to have more days where you're not in pain. And overall, the trend is going to be moving forward to get you back to health or your business success or your fitness goals, right? Yeah. I think that's a big like, misunderstanding. People just think, oh, I'm never going to be in pain. No, you're going to have pain. Like, just kind of expect it, but keep moving through it under a guided plan. Yeah. So good. Uh, well, we'll be definitely linking up uh, stuff on our, sh- on our show notes for people to be able to connect with you, to be able to download your stuff. So um, where can people best find you or follow you if they're wanting to get more information? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm under Coach Dania, D-A-N-Y-A. It's just like how it looks. <laughs> Most of you are like, Dana, Dan, no. Um, so Coach Dania is on Instagram. That's where I'm most active, especially more around like habits and mindset and business stuff. Um, for those looking for more like health fitness specific goals, that's done through Pure Life Organics. So a lot of injury drills, um, more health focus that we've talked about is through that. But then also I'll send Amber a link to some of my other resources that can help you start to understand your blind spots and your fun limitations that might be holding you back, whether it's mobility or restrictions, regardless if you have pain or not, um, it'll be helpful. Cool. And yeah, we'll link all of that up on the show notes. So thank you so much, Dania, for coming. It's been so fun to be able to chat and so work fun. with you and talk a little bit about lifting and performance and love it. injuries and all the good stuff. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Love it. I hope that you enjoyed that interview with Dania. Like I said, all of the resources that Dania talks about, we will link up in the show notes, which will be at bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash 134, which is the podcast uh, episode number. And that will be where you can download any of those resources that Dania talked about to be able to help you to move forward in identifying maybe some of your weaknesses in terms of mobility of different joints and then you know what some of those first steps can be in terms of working on correcting them. And I know Daniel and I, uh, after we stopped hitting record on the podcast, we continue to have a conversation about my elbow tendonitis and I'm excited to be able to implement some of the stuff that Daniel was talking to me about to see if we can get that uh, injury that I've been dealing with kind of cleared up. So I'm right there with you. I am learning these things and continuing to uh, implement the things that I know I should be doing and aren't necessarily doing on a daily basis. So I felt that it was so encouraging for Daniel to remind us that we don't have to do all of the mobility every single day, but rather make it more targeted towards what we're, we're dealing with and really just fitting that into our normal schedule. That, I don't know about you, but that gave me a lot of permission to be like, okay, I can do this. It's not something that has to be a big, huge deal, but it can be something small that I can be doing every day that is going to end up benefiting me in the long run in the gym. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, go in and uh, DM Dania, DM me, post it on Facebook or Instagram and tag me and let me know what you thought about the episode or what you learned and how you're going to be applying it into your life. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. 
And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.